Welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm really glad you have joined us. Yet again, we heard from the nation's most well-known former special prosecutor, Robert Mueller. This time, it was in the form of testimony in front of the House Judiciary and House Intelligence Committees, and it took place over the course of several hours yesterday. He reiterated the findings of his 448-page report about Russian involvement in the 2016 election, and he said, as he has said before, that his investigation does not exonerate President Donald Trump. But does it give Democrats enough for impeachment proceedings? Joining us now to talk more about the testimony and what it means going forward is Congresswoman Debbie Dingell. Congresswoman, welcome to Detroit Today. Good morning, Stephen. It is great to be with you this morning. Yes, it is great to hear your voice as well. Um, So let's start with uh, your reaction to what we saw and heard yesterday as Robert Mueller finally was able to speak for himself about what he wrote about what happened in the 2016 election. What did you think? So I uh, actually was in hearings most of the day, so I was not watching it live and went home last night and read everything that I could read and watched what I could see, um, as I suspect many others did. Uh, I think that he corroborated much of what we knew. I, I continue to be, as you know, that one of the things that worries me, bothers me, disturbs me more than anything, is Russia's continuing to try to interfere in our elections and their definitive plot to try to divide us as a country. He was very clear on that. He was very clear that that was a threat for 2020. And I do wish I could get people to focus on that because I think it's a biggest, bigger danger than uh, people realize or understand. I think he, I think he were did a good summary. I think he made it clear that the that his report did not say that the president didn't do anything. They did say when he asked questions about what could happen post presidency. I I think that we got to continue to follow the facts. We got to continue that no one is above the law, and. Um, I'm as much disturbed by things that have been happening recently, uh, like his remarks last week, his continuing twittering, that all of this has got to be taken into account as we make decisions about where we're going to go. And I am very focused on needing to deliver for the people and what my constituents want me to worry about as well in next November's election. So so did you feel like the Democrats on the two committees that heard testimony did an adequate job of getting Bob Mueller to expand on what we knew from his report, which I I think was the, the, the goal to, to expose some of these redacted areas of the report, uh, get to some of the thinking behind it? Were they successful? I think I'm going to answer that in a different way in that I think most people haven't read the report. I, you know, I'm, as I, I'm almost done with my third reading now. But a lot of people watch movies. People don't read the books. They wait till the movie comes out. <laughs> uh, I think that more people may have paid attention to the media news that came out. It was not a Watergate hearing. I mean, if people were looking for that aha Watergate moment, that didn't happen. But I do think that People were listening. They um, 
were exposed to more of the facts. And I'm just not sure what I think. I'm not sure a lot of minds were changed yesterday. I guess I probably will say that. Um, do you, so I, I am always uh, curious about the sort of inner workings and discussions uh, among Democrats about this and, and sort of the strategy behind what they're doing. Did you did you feel like yesterday cemented uh, a decision one way or another, I guess, about whether impeachment proceedings are the right thing to do. I mean, it was really clear to me, at least, watching the testimony and listening to what uh, Robert Mueller said, that that he can't go any further than, than he did. He should not have gone any further than he did because there is uh, a legal opinion that says he could not have charged the president of the United States uh, with uh, with with the crimes that that he may have uh, discovered that he did. Um, does that does that sort of finally put it in Congress's lap to do, to do something that if we're going to get anything in terms of resolution about what the president did or did not, uh, it seems that it's all up to you guys. Is that is that what you are talking about today? Uh, yes. I, I do believe that it is, we've got it, it is clear that the Congress has the responsibility to determine what the next steps are, that we've got to follow the facts, that nobody is above the law, uh, and that we're all, but we have to have the facts. We have to have a very clear case for moving forward. So I know that there are going to be a lot of discussions today with the committee chairs that were there, with the leader with members and how they work are feeling. And I, I think decisions will be made in the next couple of weeks about what should be the next steps, but we will continue to follow the facts. I think, you know, you're going to see these two committees be very thorough in their investigations and determine what happens next. Yeah. I'm talking with uh, Congresswoman Debbie Dingell, a Democrat from Dearborn who represents Michigan's 12th congressional district. We're talking about the testimony yesterday in front of the House Judiciary and Intelligence Committees by Robert Mueller, the special counsel who investigated Russian interference in the 2016 presidential election. If you want to join the conversation, give us a call. Tell us what you thought of Robert Mueller's testimony yesterday. What did you think? Did you learn anything new? And are you ready? for these investigations to end or do you think they are just beginning? Do you think Congress should be pushing forward with more questioning about what uh, happened during the 2016 election and perhaps considering impeachment proceedings against President Donald Trump? As always, the number on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll work you into the conversation. Let's go to Dan in Ferndale. Dan, welcome to Detroit Today. Good morning, Stephen. 
I watched both sessions, and there was a lot of what I expected, particularly that the House Republicans, they spent the day on these familiar canards about the dossier and these so-called oranges of the investigation. And one thing I wish Mueller had pointed out is that page six of his report spells out why the FBI opened their Russia investigation on July 21st, 2016, and that had nothing to do with the dossier. That dossier wasn't given to the FBI until December of 2016, four months after the investigation was opened. And I just think those facts are too often overlooked when discussing this very complicated topic. Hmm. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah. Dan, I really appreciate uh, the call and the comments. Uh, uh, Debbie, he did not get a lot of opportunity to correct some of the things that uh, members were were saying if they were incorrect. There was also a lot of over-talking of of Bob Mueller, I thought, yesterday by uh, Republican members of the committees in, in particular. That that sometimes happens on Capitol Hill. I guess I was a little surprised uh, that Republicans did that to somebody who has been a lifelong Republican, uh, who was appointed first to, to head the FBI by George W. Bush. Um, that that was a part of the, the hearing, that I guess, that I found surprising. So I wasn't surprised at all. I mean, I I am very tired. I was on Fox News this morning and people are just taking these pot shots at these FBI agents. These, there are so many law enforcement officers, agents, different agencies that are working every single day to keep us safe. We have no idea of what we don't know and how we keep us safe from terrorists, And, um, I'm too tired of politics and tired of the men and women that keep us safe uh, every day have been lined of all, all sorts of different things. So I, I, I was not surprised. I mean, he, because he led this report, he was immediately demonized uh, by the White House, there, by those that are associated. And, you know, I, 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 it's, it's Dead wrong. I mean, it was a independent council doing a trying to do a study. Now, of course, when you see their independent councils, the other side has um, of those that are being investigated will frequently try to do that as well. But I think that in some of the previous, you've not seen members uh, attack someone quite so personally as they have. Well, uh, the, the other thing that, that I, I found somewhat surprising was the extent to which members of the of the committees were, were trying to, to make the case that uh, that the president has nothing to worry about, that the president hadn't done anything wrong. And, and if you just sit and think for a second about the role that Congress is supposed to play here, whether you are uh, in, in favor of the president uh, continuing in office or if you think he should be gone, there is an oversight role that they're supposed to be playing that they, they seem to have forgotten yesterday. I mean, it, this really was a, a more nakedly political uh, exercise about protecting the president than maybe uh, maybe I think I was expecting. But I will also say that if we're just pragmatic or realistic, I went back about three weekends ago because I was working for Bob Griffin at the time of Watergate. And I remember when Bob Griffin came out and said that Richard Nixon 
needed to resign. I was, you know, young. I was a, like a college freshman. But he talked, I was lucky enough to fly back with him. And, and his decision to do that is what changed. It is why Richard Nixon ultimately ended up resigning. I think we've, we're getting a little uh, uh, trouble with the, your connection there, Debbie. Um, oh, there you are. You're back. Can you hear? Yeah, go ahead. I'm in the Capitol, and sometimes that yeah. happens. No, I'm sure. But if you go back to the Watergate, there were people that were negative until they weren't negative. And it was like Bob Griffin was the turning point when people, like within one week, suddenly everybody realized. So I, I'm not defending it in any way, shape, or form. But people feel like they have to defend their president. And this president demands this of people in a way. He is not uh, somebody who says, you know, nobody's above the law. We need to get the facts. That's not his style. Uh, again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. Let's go to Dan in Ann Arbor. Dan, welcome to Detroit Today. Hi, thank you. Um I just wanted to point out that I saw a lot of takes both on Twitter and by pundits on the on the right that um, they're trying to sort of cast Mueller as this doddering old man that Ugh. was was taking too long to answer questions and he kept asking questions to be repeated and and that this was a sign that he wasn't very sharp or he wasn't somehow credible, um, which I think is just laughable because this is uh, a man who comes from the legal world and understands that this is his answers have huge legal consequences. Um, and so when they would, you know, bring up citations from the report mm-hmm. and not show them to him and try to, like, kind of trap him, he had to look them up because he doesn't want to misspeak. Um, and unfortunately, you know, people who uninformed viewers may come away with that thinking, this is this old man doesn't know what he's doing. He's not sharp enough. He keeps asking for questions to be repeated when he just needs to be very, very careful and accurate in his responses. Um, and I think that was just a poor take hmm. um, and an unfortunate read from the from a lot of those pundits. Yeah, Dan, uh, I appreciate the call uh, and the insight there. I, I, I did think that uh, Bob Mueller, who I can remember uh, being first appointed to to head the FBI in 2001 when he was a much, much younger man, I did think he he, he seemed older uh, than, than I remember him. Uh, but I don't think he seemed doddering, and, and I think Dan's right. I mean, he was trying to be very careful about what he said uh, and and how he responded to the things that that he was being asked. Uh, Debbie, I wonder what your reaction was to. I to think performance. that he was being very measured. I think he was very careful in how he answered everything because he knew that um, he was being. He, he knew that every word that he would say was going to be measured um, in in some way. I did not. I agree with you on that point, and I think that they were again. It's been part of this trying to undermine the character, trying to. Uh, I, I was struck by how somberly he answered each question. Question that he wasn't there to put on a spectacle or to engage in any partisan stunt. He wanted to answer those questions thoughtfully. He stuck to his report. He thought the facts in the report were damning enough, and he was not going to be part of anybody's political sideshow, Republicans or Democrats. Hmm. Uh, again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. Uh, let's go to John in Williamsburg. 
John, what's on your mind? John, are you there? Hey, yeah, good morning. Hi. Um, what's on my mind is that our government, uh, as Anthony Bourdain labeled it, spectacularly mismanaged. We sit here and waste time over a president that probably will get reelected and act like uh, racism and prejudice started with this guy. Uh, Russian collusion started with this guy. You can go back to the movie called Network, and they're talking about Russian interference. Hmm. And it's just really unfortunate because I'm not a Trump supporter, but the government and the, 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 uh, the congressman here Go down to the Detroit public schools and see what's going on in Detroit in the education setting. Go look at what's going on in the healthcare sector. We're going to sit here and talk about Trump. It's a joke. It's so, a joke. So do you not, do you not, John, believe that the things that the president does or might not do or says or might not say actually have an effect on some of the things that uh, that you care about there? Do you think he's? he's I, I totally separate? agree. I, I'm an Albion College graduate and a former school teacher in the state of Michigan. I'm, I was born in Dearborn, Michigan. Of mm -hmm. course they do. Mm -hmm. But let's not pretend that we don't get the president we deserve, as I told my 23-year-old daughter. If we worship the Kardashians, you have the greatest reality TV star president, and people whine about it after the fact because the, the educational elite, the richest people in the country, didn't see it coming, sir. Hmm. And uh, now they whine about it. Yeah. Uh, John, uh, I really appreciate the call, and uh, you're sharing your thoughts. Uh, Debbie Dingle, I'll give you a chance to, to react to that. Well, I, th I guess I'm probably going to answer it differently in that I think a lot of people in the last election didn't think that their vote mattered. As you know, I saw for some time Steve, that <laughs> I thought that we could, it, for those listening, Steve and I had a, a disagreement about what could happen in this election. Who was going to win, months. right? <laughs> and um, unfortunately, I was correct. But... Um, I think that people are more engaged now than I've ever seen this early um, on both sides, by the way. I think a lot of people are tired of partisan bickering. They're frustrated. The government's not working for them. They want people to care about them. There are a thousand feelings out there. But I do think that people, I, I, th I think most people, many people have made up their mind about how they're going to vote already a year from now as well. The question is, who actually shows up? And votes. And that, I guess, would be one of sort of my messages for the day as I'm talking to everybody is if you are concerned about where your government's going, either side, I mean, I know how I feel, then you do need to be engaged. You do need to pay attention and you do need to make sure you vote because that ultimately is where the direction of this country is going to go by the who wins the majority of those people voting. Hmm. Although the majority won. Last <laughs> time, say. and we have a, um, a system that didn't have that either. But yeah, yeah. it didn't work we out. We need to the be way. engaged. Yeah. It didn't work out. Yeah. Uh, let's go to Michelle in Detroit. Michelle, welcome to Detroit today. Thank you. Good morning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just wanted to say one comment. You know, I think that we have already voted for the people who are now in Congress, and I wish that they would take seriously the oversight role. To your point, Stephen, and and not just wait for the next election, but let's serve the term that you've been elected for and we'll also vote for the next president. Um, but to the Congresswoman, I was hoping you could do us a favor and summarize 
the current standing, um, the current arguments for impeachment and what you think the credibility is and the momentum, just so that, you know, we don't get too caught up in the details and we get a sense of um, where this thing stands. Hmm. Great question, so, Michelle. Thanks uh, very much. So Go ahead, in, um, I'm struggling. I, I, I will say that to you, too. I voted. Um, I did not vote to table the Al Green amendment last week because I was so upset and disgusted by the president's tweets. But there has not been a formal investigation opened uh, yet. Uh, so when you're asking what the stature is, each of the committees that has jurisdiction is investigating, uh, continuing to follow the facts. The next most likely step would be for the speaker in agreement with the leadership and of the committees, etc., that the House would open an impeachment into an investigation, an inquiry into impeachment. Mm -hmm. That formal step has not yet happened. Um, I know she does believe very strongly, and I must say you saw uh, that we have very strong committee chairs that are trying to get to the basis of many different questions, which Neil's trying to get at the tax issue. Uh, Chairman Cummings at Oversight and Investigations is doing a great job. People saw both Chairman Nadler and... Uh, Chairman Schiff, as chair of the um, Intelligence Committee, is incredible. So they're each doing their investigations. And the people, the caucus and others, are going to have to discuss and figure out what a, do we open that formal investigation or do we let each of these committees who know what they're doing continue it? But the one thing there is total consensus on is you have to follow the facts and nobody's above the law. Okay, Debbie Dingell, Democrat from Dearborn, who represents Michigan's 12th congressional district. It is always great to have you with us here on Detroit Today. It's great being with everybody. Um, I hope everybody has a good day, and we do love our country, and we do need to pay attention. So thank you, Stephen. It's good to be with you this morning. We'll talk with you again soon. All right, uh, up next, we are going to continue talking about the takeaways from Robert Mueller's testimony with Politico's Tim Alberta. We'll also talk about Tim's newly released book, American Carnage, which is all about the past and present of the Republican Party. Stay with us and stay with us on the phones. Anthony in Lincoln Park, Arnold in Farmington Hills, Michael in Clinton Township. We will get to you next. If you want to join them, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. 